You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Levy, and I'm here with my special guest today. we got Nick Sather on the call with us. Uh, Nick's one of my good friends, huge Eagles fan as well. How are you doing today? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. It's going to be pretty fun talking about the Eagles. Yeah, definitely. Um, back and forth all throughout the season, seasons in the past. Nick and I have been always talking about Eagles. Um, you know, looking forward to this discussion today. We're going to talk about the pretty much the team as a whole the offense has been you know in and out of, of success and downfall the entire season so far just because of injuries um coaching hasn't been up to par Carson Wentz has been pretty inconsistent going throughout the year but he's finally getting into his groove um but we're going to talk about how the offense they can probably lead the Eagles to the playoffs but the defense is what the Eagles need to rely on once the playoffs come into effect if they make it there first of all we got news that Alshon Jeffrey is now out for the year. He is on the IR with an injury, and his spot was filled by Robert Davis. We'll get to that later on in the podcast. But Alshon Jeffrey is diagnosed with a Liz Frank injury. And if you guys remember correctly, that is what Jalen Mills had last season and kept him out for a full year of football. Um, he returned midseason um, almost, I think it was just around 365 days um, from the last time he was on the field to the next time he stepped on. And then Craven LeBlanc had that same injury. It was a little bit more minor, and he missed some time from the summer to midseason again. He just returned to the field a couple of weeks ago. So depending on the severity of this injury, Alshon Jeffrey could miss between, I would say, six months at the least to a full year at the most, um, which is really concerning because you would think that the Eagles would rely on Alshon Jeffrey. So now with this big injury, Nick, what should the Eagles do with him? Personally, looking at it, the first thing I thought about during this injury was Alshon's age. Currently, Alshon is 29 years old, and he's going to be 30 mid-February, right after the season's over. And if this injury is as bad as, like, the sixth to a whole year, he may be out for the all of next 2020 season. And by the time he steps on the football field in 2021, he's going to be 31. And we already know that, like, Alshon has lost a step in his game, and this injury may just slow that down. The Eagles have a lot to think about because he does have a very high contract that Eagles have to pay a lot of money for. But like as we've seen throughout the season, after Carson Wentz looks for Zach Ertz, Alshon's always his next option. And even though Carson and Alshon, like people say they don't like each other, like Carson said today, he loves him. And it's it's, it's a huge loss for Carson because he trusted him, but... If the injury is bad as he's all out next year, I think it's time to move on. Yeah, definitely. Alshon Jeffrey's a huge part of this offense. Kind of had a down year to start. Um, his only great game was against the Dolphins, but throughout the year he played, what, 10 games, had about 400 yards and four touchdowns. So it's not the production that you expect out of Alshon Jeffrey, especially with Deshaun Jackson missing the entire season. You think Jeffrey's the next one to step up and get all that production 
activity, but he really didn't fill into that role. And now that he's hurt, um, it's a very tricky situation that the Eagles are in because you don't know exactly what the timeline is going to be. This is a very tricky injury um, that the Eagles have to deal with. They de- dealt with in the past. And with Mills and LeBlanc, they basically just said to them, you know, we're just going to put you on the IR. Whenever you're ready to come back, you're going to be ready to come back. Um, it's not like they can say right now, okay, Jeffrey's going to be, be ready week three of next season. It just doesn't work that way. So going back to Alshon Jeffrey's contract, Nick mentioned that they have a lot of money that's going to be due to him. If you guys remembered earlier in the season, before the season even started, they fully guaranteed his 2020 salary. So his cap hit next year is $15 million. Um, so if he plays, he's due all of that money and if he's released he's still do all that money and he's still under contract until 2023 so if the eagles end up releasing jeffrey which now looks pretty likely the way this injury is looking they are owing him 26 million dollars over the next four seasons um that's a ton of money that you're just wasting i understand sometimes you just have to accept the loss and move on but I don't think anybody in the league is going to trade for that kind of contract. Alshon Jeffrey is aging, probably going to miss a full year of football. Uh, it's going to be super tough to try to get him and that contract onto a different roster. I was thinking about this earlier. I think Jeffrey's just going to have to be released by the Eagles. Maybe he retires. Maybe he just sits out a year and see what happens. But it's definitely really concerning. And uh, I'm not really sure what the Eagles are going to do yet. But as of now, he's on the IR. He's probably going to sit there. For some time now until the offseason kicks in. Um, another receiver that's injured right now is Nelson Aguilar. He told the media yesterday that he hurt his knee against the Minnesota Vikings earlier in the season. And he missed games versus the Seahawks and the Giants on Monday night. And he also didn't practice today. He hasn't practiced all week. Um, he also showed some pain in his knee against the Patriots when he had that deep ball thrown to him against, uh, against the Patriots from Carson Wentz a really good ball that would win the game. And he didn't put much effort uh, to make the catch. And he ended up holding his knee after the play. Everybody thought that was just an excuse, but it looks like he's actually been dealing with a nagging knee injury almost all season. This is likely his last year in Philadelphia, but um, is it important to have Nelson Aguilar back at all this season? Personally, I do think it's important to have Nelson Aguilar back, even though a bunch of Philly fans, just like us, always get on him for dropping passes, doing the wrong thing. If we had him on our roster right now, he would be our most productive receiver, like it or not. He does offer a lot to his game. He may not be the most breakaway speed guy, but as we've seen so far this year, like uh, a couple weeks ago, got called back, but we hit him with a screen and he took it for a first down. He's been doing that his whole entire career, taking the short passes and getting first downs. And Nelson's injury is... I don't know what's really going on with it because Doug Peterson keeps saying it's like day-to-day game time decision for the past couple of weeks. And sometimes he just like says game time, he's not playing. And like you said, like Nelson's not coming back next year. And I would, he's definitely, he's most likely not coming back next year, but I would still like to see him play the rest of the season now in, in Philadelphia because he does offer a lot to the team. And if the team's trying to make it to the playoffs, they're going to need his production. Yeah, it's like another stereotypical Eagles injury. It seems like it's a minor thing, and then Doug gives them the day-to-day or the week-to-week, and then all of a sudden they're missing a month of football, and it's carrying on. They're trying to practice through it, possibly get re-injured. It seems like this medical staff 
coaching staff just doesn't know how to handle the injuries, and it's concerning, especially when you only have three healthy wide receivers and your best one is Nelson Aguilar, and he's just sitting on the bench because he doesn't know what's going on with his knee. And um, definitely concerning, but I completely agree with Nick because although I haven't had much good to say about Aguilar all season, he would definitely step in as the best receiver on the team because he he knows the system well. He knows what it takes to succeed in the NFL. I know he isn't good tracking the ball. He isn't good um, staying healthy this season so far. But what he's really good at is moving the ball when he's in space. Once he gets that screen pass or that slant, whatever it may be, he's so good catching the ball between um, one to ten yards because he can make it happen with his jukes and his spins, whatever it may be, he's good in the open field. And I think the Eagles need to have a player like that. I think Greg Ward, Boston Scott kind of stepped into that role. But I think just one more would be so important because they don't have a player right now that they can rely on and throw to every single down other than their tight ends. And I think with Aguilar, having another weapon that you could just quickly dump the ball off to and just try to have them march down the field would be super important for Carson Wentz because they already have the connection. They know what he can do. But unfortunately, I don't think Agler is going to play the rest of the year. Nick, do you think he's ever going to come back for these remaining three games and or the playoffs if it ever, uh, if Eagles ever make it? Personally, I think it's going to depend on how Greg Ward plays these next couple of games. Most importantly, probably next week again, this weekend against the Redskins, because I feel like if Greg Ward has a good game this weekend. There's not going to be a need to bring Nelson back because even though Greg Ward has played like the last three games, he has really good potential. The past three games, he's a uh, 11 receptions for 79 yards. And I'm not trying to be like critical or analytical about this, but like if you put that over a 16 game season, that's almost 59 receptions and 420 yards, which is very good for a third, fourth, third or fourth wide receiver on the depth chart. And he offers like the same abilities of sh- the short route in space, being able to hit, hit defenders with moves, get the first downs, take a screen, take a screen the distance. And the one thing I noticed about Greg Ward so far that he does need to work on is that he catches the ball with his body almost every time. He's not a hand catcher, which I understand at times it's just easier to catch it with your body, but he needs to learn how to like use his hands on some balls. But Going back to Nelson Aguilar, I honestly think his, him coming back this season is going to be dependent on how Greg Ward plays. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Greg Ward definitely has similar traits as him, but I think one thing that he has an advantage over Aguilar is he can track the deep ball. Um, we saw it in the preseason. He's been you know, complimented that throughout the season on the practice squad. So having that deep threat where Aguilar didn't really have that going the entire season, having Ward... Uh, getting him the ability to do that is super important. I think he gains the edge of Ragler in that sense. Um, so he's, I think, is a better fit for the offense overall right now. But if the entire group as a whole is struggling against the Redskins, um, maybe if Agler is not ready to go against them or the Cowboys, I think they might try to push for him to come back, even if he's not 100%, just to get that extra help. And um, I know it's... Not the best situation, but you know sometimes you got to handle football like a business. And mm-hmm. if the Eagles know that he's not going to be back next season, you got to say to him, "Hey, give us your all these next two games, next three games, whatever it may be." Um, they're probably going to be more likely to put him out there if he's not 100 percent because they probably know in their minds they're not going to bring him back. 
um, the following season or any seasons after that. But I know that uh, losing Alshon Jeffrey, losing Nelson Aguilar for some time now definitely hurts the team, but they're getting a little bit of help. Robert Davis was promoted from the practice squad. A little bit about him. He's a 6'3 receiver, 210 pounds, drafted in the sixth round in 2017 by the Redskins. Uh, Nick, what do you think about this uh, promotion in Robert Davis? I think the promotion of Robert Davis by the Eagles makes total sense at the moment in time. It, we're going into week 15, and we needed a player that could step in right now and know the offense that the Eagles are running because he's been on the practice squad for a good bit. Although he only has, I believe, one career reception, I'm not going to have high expectations going into Sunday. Just say if he gets in the game and gets a reception or two, I'll be extremely pleased because at least he had some sort of production. He's just not going to be on the active roster. Like At this point in time, we just need bodies, and Davis will do the job. And I think he has the potential to make some plays this weekend after watching his college tape. Yeah, definitely. He ran a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash at the Combine. And um, comparably, Mark and Michelle ran in the four sixes when he ran his 40-yard dash. A lot of people were saying Eagles need Michelle because of his speed, but Robert Davis actually has more speed. Granted, that was before he missed the entire 2018 season with a broken fibula and tore torn LCL so hopefully he can regain that speed this season um, go back to his college performance days and try to you know he had all season to get healthy in 2019 he played a couple of games with the Redskins in week four he had his first career reception and only career reception um, in regular season activity and it was one reception for 11 yards and then he was waived that next week Eagles picked him up and now he's finally on the active roster Mike Kay and Eagles reporter said that he looked very athletic in practice today. And he has that athletic frame. I, like I said, he's 6'3". Mm-hmm. He has good speed, and he knows the system, like Nick said. That's super important right now. You can't bring somebody in that just doesn't know what's going to happen and um, doesn't know the playbook because Robert Davis was around for a few weeks now. He's ready to go, and I think he has that connection um, with Wentz and the other quarterbacks right now, knows the offense, and can make an immediate impact if possible. Um, but staying on the trend of wide receivers, Nick, when we've been talking in the past, you've been all in on the Eagles signing Antonio Brown. Uh, what do you think that, what do you think of the team looking internally for a new wide receiver or should they have looking elsewhere for a player like Antonio Brown? Well, like I said earlier, internally made the most sense at this point in time because of he knows the offense. And another thing about Robert Davis is he's young, he's 24. So like he still has time to grow and I'm excited that we're giving him a chance because he's a practice practice squad guy, basically. And every single guy on the practice squad is just trying to do their best and try to make the active roster for the rest of this year and next year. That's why you see like guys like Greg Ward, even Perkins, like they're all trying their hardest. Like even Perkins looked really good this past weekend, making a lot of plays that I wasn't expecting him to. But so looking elsewhere, like signing Antonio Brown... That would take a hard look at like the cost-benefit analysis. It's, it's extremely hard to see how the benefits would outweigh the cost in this situation. I'll admit, I've, never, I've been all-in on signing AB, but signing AB, the football player. These past couple of weeks, it's just been a mess, and I just want him so bad since the Seahawks game. We all know AB is just not a football player, as he brings so much unwanted drama to every organization. I understand that he, state, uh, he stated that he wants a change and he wants a second chance to play. 
But I don't know how any of us could actually believe him at this point because he said that before. His football value is honest, is obviously off the charts. He hasn't been on a roster for quite some time now, so I think it's safe to say he has no monetary value, quote-unquote. If he's truly about wanting to play football again for the love of the game, honestly, I think the Eagles should give him a call. Like, y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but I'd offer him a contract that'd be for the rest of the year and next year for, like, $3 million per year with, like, no guarantee at signing. Like, I know you guys are like, oh, that's not what he wants. That's not a lot of money, but it's more than what he's making now not being on a team. Like, at the end of this year, and if, and if he was on the roster for next year's team, he could prove his worth again the rest of the year and next year. The following year, he'd be in the free agent market again and can get paid. But the real question is, will AB actually accept that money? And I have a couple other guys that I thought could be potential guys the Eagles could look out for. The one is obviously a big name, and a lot of people have said it. But the name that comes to mind is Des Bryant. I don't know how good a physical shape he's in. He's a little bit older. But the main reason I want him at the end of this year is solely because of the Dallas game. Because I I don't know why, but I just feel like he's going to be like his young self in that game because he's just going to want to prove everyone wrong, especially the Cowboys, that he ended up getting, uh, I, I believe, released from or just he wasn't signed again. And another name that uh, flying under the radar and maybe a little bit of a stretch is uh, Kevin White, who is uh, like the seventh overall pick in 2015 from the Bears. I know his uh, pro career has been pretty, pretty bad. And people are calling him a bust, but he still, I believe he still has a ton of potential. He's only 27 years old. He did run a 4-3-5-40 at the Combine. And at college at West Virginia, he had 1,900 yards, almost 2,000 yards in 23 games. I know he's a little bit old, hasn't been in the league for a couple of years, and has been uh, has been injured his whole career. But maybe not make the roster, but I feel like they should just maybe give him a tryout to see what he has left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, those are all great points. The Kevin White situation is very intriguing because he has so much potential but really never got to achieve that with the Bears. Um, going back to Antonio Brown and Des Bryant, those were definitely names that came to my mind as well. I think, first of all, it was definitely the right move to look for an internal solution because, like we said before, Robert Davis, he knows the system. Also, Mark and Michelle wouldn't have been a bad, bad option. Someone that has been with the team for a couple of weeks now can the playbook and immediately step in. You're not going to get as much production with Robert Davis than Antonio Brown, but at least you're not going to have that one to two week turnover when you're trying to push for the playoffs, because I don't think Antonio Brown, as much experience as he has, as good as he is, I don't think he can immediately step in and run every single play that the Eagles uh, want him to on Sunday against the Redskins. So Robert Davis was definitely the right first move but I wouldn't necessarily count out an outside move. I don't think it has to be a big sign like Antonio Brown or Des Bryant. Um, another name that I wanted to mention was J.J. Nelson. He spent time with the Raiders earlier this season, but then has been a free agent since. And all those guys, they've been proven in the NFL so far, some more than others. But I think the thing that gets me is the Eagles are finally regaining strength in their locker room. After the game, if you guys saw Doug Peterson's post-game speech, it was phenomenal. I don't think we've seen that kind of energy in weeks, several weeks from this team, because 
Doug made everyone feel included. He gave the guy, the younger guys shout outs as they were necessary, like guys like Boston Scott, Sidney Jones, people that really stepped up during the game. And when the locker room is gaining this strength right now in a time that they're trying to make the playoffs, it's kind of scary. Uh, it's a scary thought thinking they could go out and get one of the best receivers in the league right now in Antonio Brown, but it might cost your locker room. Um, he might walk in. I know he says he wants to change things, but how much can you really believe that? Uh, if Once he gets on a team, is he just going to blow up again? Um, is he going to have troubles with Carson Wentz or other receivers? Uh, it's You can't predict it. And I just think the Eagles are pretty satisfied where they are right now, especially because Nelson Aguilar is up in the air. He might come back, he might not. But right now, they're not really sure his status. So if he gets back, they have four healthy wide receivers that they're – they're not the best, obviously. They're going to be among the worst mm-hmm. in the league. But I think it's going to be enough to get them into the playoffs, um, which leads us to our next thing. The Eagles don't really need star wide receivers to succeed with this team because they still have a lot of talent at quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, just to name those positions. Offensive line is solid, too. Um, but, Nick, do you think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs with these offensive weapons currently on the team? I believe they can, and I believe, obviously, most important factor is going to be health. And the reason why I say that is because, as um, the before last weekend, we lost three games in a row without Jordan Howard as our starting running back, and he provides a whole other dimension to this team that our running backs don't have. Yes, Miles Sanders is lightning, and. As you saw this past weekend, Boston Scott is unbelievable. And he, he does provide a little power, but he's not Jordan Howard. I will run over anyone that's in my way. And at times, we just need that. Because I believe this weekend, Carson went through over 50 passes. And during times in those during times during that game, I noticed that in those short yards, like we'd get eight yards on first down, but then we'd go three and out. Those two, that's those second and two and third and two is the prime time where we need Jordan Howard. And I believe Jordan Howard comes back for the Cowboys game. He's probably, I'm not going to think he's going to come back for this Redskins game, but if he's back for the Cowboys game, I believe that we, we can beat the Cowboys and we can make it to the playoffs and tight end. Zach Ertz is unbelievable as always. And Dallas Goddard, He's going to be great. But one thing I do notice with Goddard is we all know that he's like one of the best yard after catch tight ends in the league. But as we saw this past this uh, against the Giants, he did have one play where he did drop the ball because it looked like he was trying to run after the catch before he actually caught the ball. I've noticed that a couple times with him this year, but he's too good. not to, He's too good at blocking and he's too good after the yards after catch to like get upset with him. And about the wide receiver thing, about bringing another guy in, I'm honestly okay with not bringing one in to due to the fact that I want to see J.J. Ortega-Whiteside get more looks. I know Carson Wentz hasn't been targeting him a lot lately, but he has shown some promise. Like, his touchdown against the Dolphins was good, and his over-the-catch pass against the Giants was just unbelievable. That was, like, arguably one of the best catches an Eagles receiver has made all year. And... I believe if like like I'm gonna go back to it. 
if Jordan Howard comes back and we have a three-headed monster of Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott, I don't know who's going to stop that running back tandem. Yeah, it seems like Jordan Howard just kind of forgotten off this team just because of that injury. And that's another very uh, interesting injury situation because it was said that it was just a stinger. And and now he's out for a couple of weeks now. He was limited in practice today. It, once he's cleared for contact, he's good to go. But it seems like that's a long ways to go. Um, it seemed close, but now it's just inching further and further away. I hope this week he can make a turnaround and get back to full health and possibly play against the Redskins. I don't think it's going to happen either. But against the Cowboys, that's going to be huge because, like you said, Nick, those short yard situations, although it seems like they're so easy to get, the... Eagles running backs and Sanders and Scott, they're not going to consistently get that. They can get it sometimes, but they're not the kind of running back to just run straight up the middle and bulldoze defensive tackles, defensive end, and linebackers. Uh, They definitely need a running back like Jordan Howard to make that offense more dynamic, more powerful. I hope he can come back soon. But uh, I completely agree with all your points there because their tight ends are solid. Ertz, you know what you're getting out of him. He had a great game against the Giants. Goddard, there's definitely a knock on his game with his catching and fumbling ability. But if he has a ball in his hands, if he gets it in his hands, he's phenomenal. And uh, I think that's just going to be another thing to rely on when these wide receivers are very thin because Goddard can kind of play like a wide receiver. He's a bigger body. He's kind of slower, but he's physical. And once he's out in space, he can make um, great moves. He can show a little bit of speed. Um, Joshua Perkins, they're kind of dealing with him like a wide receiver, not a tight end. So that helps as well, too. Um, but yeah, I agree. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside needs more looks. And I think they're kind of set right now in offense. They're not the best offense in the league. But I think Carson Wentz has everything that he needs, minus Jordan Howard, to make it happen. And going back to the Giants game, I think those second-half adjust- adjustments that Doug Peterson made were great. I think he coached a phenomenal second half and overtime. He looked really good. First half, the play calling wasn't perfect um, but second half it was near perfect he he did really well after those first two drives that they had in the second half um, he really stepped it up and made sure that the Eagles got back in that game there is an argument that hey it was against the Giants it's again against a two-win team but I'm going to say that that's the most important time to do so because now Doug Peterson knows what he's working with Carson Wentz knows what he's working with now when they game plan for these next three games they know that Boston Scott is going to work tremendously in open space whether it's in the passing game the running game they know what he can offer J.J. Ortega Whiteside they know he can catch that 50-50 ball I'm going to say it wasn't arguably the best catch an Eagles player made this year it was the best catch it was pass interference or holding whatever they called he still made a phenomenal catch Um, Greg Ward they know that he has speed now they know that he can either do a lot yards after a lot of yards after catch or he can go down and catch a deep ball. Miles Sanders continues to improve with a bigger role with the team and Big V, I think he filled in very nicely for Lane Johnson's uh, missing spot and right tackle. So all of that considered, I understand it's just a win against the Giants, but that's a huge win going forward throughout the rest of the season. And I do I confidently think that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. And that's going to be so important that the Eagles, specifically Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, they know what they're dealing with and they can further let this team succeed and flourish with what they have right now. Matt, 
can we talk about Carson Wentz in this past game about the adjustments after second high second half Doug Peterson made about getting him outside of the pocket like Carson Wentz is arguably one of like a top three quarterback outside of the pocket and it shows in that top second this half. year top QBR wow and it just shows he's so much better like he reads the field better makes better decisions outside of the pocket and one thing that Oh, for so when I believe what the when they when Carson rolls to the right, the white like what they are doing, like the cross routes, the the receiver close to him is just running a fifteen and out. Those plays are working all day for Carson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Eagles definitely needed to play to Carson's strength, but also keep to that balance because although he's phenomenal outside of the pocket, I think you need to take it with a grain of salt and say. These are the wide receivers you're dealing with. Sometimes you just got to get the ball out quickly and make sure that you're getting the yardage that you need, not trying to make more happen. I think he played his best football all season in that second half because he understood that balance. He understood sometimes he can take it into his own hands and roll out of the pocket, throw uh, you know, 20-yard pass when need be, but at the same time, he also knew when to take the check down, throw it out of bounds, um, throw it to Boston Scott and let him do the work. I think finding that balance is so important for Wentz because all season he didn't know that balance. Sometimes he was trying to throw it way too deep. Sometimes he wasn't even hitting his checkdowns. But, I mean, don't you agree? That was probably his best game all season. Yes, Matt, I do agree. It was one of his best games all season. And some people may take this wrong, but what I saw out of Carson, it was he wasn't trying to be what Stephen A. calls him, like Superman. But... He was being a game manager. Some people are going to take that term wrong, but what a game manager does is win the game for you. He made all the decisions he had to. He didn't force anything. And if you watch the tape again, the only play he really forced was that play that we didn't get the offensive, I mean, the defense, we didn't get the pass interference because Greg Ward tipped the ball. That was the only play he forced, but it wasn't extremely forced. Like JJ Arthago Whiteside was there and Carson was taking what the defense was giving him. He wasn't trying to go for the 40-yard bomb when it wasn't there. He was taking what he was given, and he was able to move down the field, and that's how the Eagles were able to come up with the win. Yeah, definitely, and I think that overtime drive, he took matters out of his own hands. He put the ball where it needed to go, but it's not like he went out there, and it's a completely different Carson Wentz. I forget what game I was saying this in, but in a previous podcast, it seemed like he was just trying to make it happen. So he looked good, and he rem- he was the one remembered after the game. Although I don't think that's Carson's mentality at all because he's a very humble guy. He knows how to win football games. But I think it's just his competitive spirit that he always wants to make it happen himself. But on the overtime drive, he was the one dealing the ball perfectly. And at the end of the day, he still got all the credit. Boston Scott and Zach Ertz were fundamental into winning that game, but it still went on Carson Wentz. And I think finding that balance, letting your offensive weapons or the lack thereof shine and get into open space and win the game for you, it's going to still fall back on the quarterback. And having that balance is key. And just a healthy reminder for all you fans out there, if the Eagles do make the playoffs, Deshaun Jackson can return in the divisional round of the playoffs. If the Eagles get one victory, Deshaun Jackson is eligible to come back if he's full healthy. Nick, is that exciting or what? I mean, having Deshaun Jackson, we know what he has to offer after that week one game. 
I think this Eagles offense can be completely different if he's able to return, if the Eagles can get to that level. Man, I don't know how it would react if we were able to win the first playoff game. And we actually, I know everyone's like, oh, we're a bad team. But if you think about it, if we do make the playoffs, we are going to be the home team. And if we're the home team in a playoff game, oh my God, the place is going to be rocking. And I would be, if I was any other team, I would be scared coming into the link in, in, the play, in a playoff game. Also, if the Eagles do make the playoffs, they have, they're going to be coming in hot, coming off of, what, four straight wins? Mm. And if Carson Wentz keeps his performance up, oh, if Carson Wentz played like he did against the Giants, we'd be like, oh, it's still the Giants. But if he plays that way, that's quote-unquote 2017 Wentz. And I know every team out there is afraid to play that kind of Carson Wentz. It doesn't matter what his weapons are. Carson Wentz, I I will trust Carson. Even, even though he hasn't played in a playoff game, if we got a home playoff game, even if it's against the Seahawks, most likely it's going to be a rematch versus Seahawks or rematch versus the Vikings. I will, I will take those chances at beating either of those teams again because I believe, even though both those teams are very good, I believe they are both beatable, especially at home. And, and if we do get Deshaun Jackson back for the second game, oh my. Like, that adds a whole other freaking dimension to the offense. And opposing teams, like they're like, oh, we know how to... Uh, scheme for Deshaun Jackson, but he hasn't played in you basically say a year, and so the mm-hmm. whole the whole entire Eagles offense is going to be different from when they're watching it on film to what they're actually going to play against. Like, are they really going to watch film from Week One against the Redskins? Because that Eagles team Week One is a totally different team than what it is now. I completely agree. And once you get into the playoffs, everything is different. I understand there's seeds attached to it. There's home field advantages, but. It's a new season for every single team. You see many times a team goes and has a phenomenal regular season and they have a first-round exit. It happened to the Cowboys a couple years ago. Or you see a team that just flies under the radar. The Ravens made it to the Super Bowl, I believe, uh, 2012. And they weren't a good team that year, but they completely changed it around and had a great postseason. Tim Tebow with the Broncos won a playoff game. I mean, anything can happen. And when you have Carson Wentz, on your team, you know, that just goes more to say that anything can happen because he can make it happen. He's hungry for a playoff appearance. Um, he hasn't had, play- hasn't had a playoff appearance yet, didn't have one his rookie year, was hurt the past two seasons. I think he definitely wants to get in and he definitely wants to get that victory, especially after all this debate about Nick Foles and Carson Wentz the past two seasons. He definitely wants to make it happen. All the players on offense, they want to get in, they want to go back to the playoffs, go back to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, last year, two years ago, both of those first games against the Falcons in 2000, uh, the 2018 playoffs and then against the Bears in the 2019 playoffs, Nick Foles was counted. Everything was counted against him, but they ended up winning those games. They were very low-scoring games with the Eagles pulled out on top. And I think that's definitely going to be important. If you get past that first game, then Deshaun Jackson is back, and that's a scary thought. Um, but I think if the Eagles get into the playoffs, the offense is definitely going to be a factor. But I think the defense is is going to be what they really have to rely on. Uh, the defense has stripped, stepped up greatly in the past several weeks, despite the bad game against the Dolphins. And Nick, do you think this is a playoff-level defense, and they can they carry the team to a couple of victories? Honestly, 
I do think they can carry the team to a couple of victories. We saw them pulled the Patriots and the Seahawks to very low amount of points. The Devons would be like, oh, but we let the Dolphins score 37. That happens. Off day, uh, Devontae Parker had a career game. And the thing is, with the Eagles defense, I know people get so mad about how the Eagles defense gives up big plays. Well, with the style of defense our team runs, it's a given. There's going to be one big play every game. With the amount of pressure we put at the quarterback, it's just going to happen. But more times than not, the pressure we put on the quarterback has actually benefited this defense. And I've really liked the way Jalen Mills has played this year. And I believe he can step up huge, as we've seen in the past in the playoffs. When he's Julio Jones, like the year we won the Super Bowl, how he denied him in the end zone. And Ronald Darby, uh, he's hasn't been playing his greatest football, but he still is a I would say above average cornerback. He can get the job done. It's just there are they fans have to accept that the Eagles defense are going to give up big plays. And the biggest thing when it comes to the playoffs is every team, like you said, comes in the playoffs with a clean slate. Everyone is O and O. And for the Eagles case is can they go what? Is it four no? Can they go four no? Yep. Yep. And so they will have the bye. Yeah, so 4-0, like, if we're, like, that's what I'm saying. If the Eagles come in off a four-game win streak, I would be scared to play them. And defense, I, yeah, I truly believe our defense can be a playoff-level defense because we are not consistent, but we ha- have shown over and over again that we can be one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, definitely. I think the offense is definitely in a good position to compete in the playoffs but i don't think the current offensive group is going to score 35 points to win a game and that's why the defense is so crucial to only let up a couple of scores throughout the game because the offense isn't going to be able to be a high scoring offense and that's fine i don't think um doug pearson carson Wentz are going into a game expecting 30 40 points although it'd be phenomenal to do so i don't think that's the mindset right now just because of the amount of weapons that they have on the wide receiver group, the running back group, um, it's just not there. But if the defense can play like they did against the Patriots, the Seahawks, letting up only 17 points to each of them, um, other teams, you know, the Giants, 17 points. I know it's the Giants, but that's still a great outing despite the two uh, big touchdowns that Ronald Darby let up. But I think the biggest thing that's going to factor into this defense and that they're going to lead the team to a playoff victory, maybe even more, is the leadership. Because if you look at the team compared to the Super Bowl team, going on offense, only Zach Ertz, Jay Ajayi, and most of the offensive linemen are the healthy players that were playing in the Super Bowl. Other players to mention, you got Nelson Aguilar and Leighton Johnson, but currently they're injured. Um, compared to the defense, the entire starting defensive linemen were playing in the Super Bowl. Vinny Curry, the entire starting linebacker group, and Nigel Bradham, Camus Grugier-Hill, Nate Gary, they were all there. The Both of the starting out, uh, outside corners in Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, they were both starting in that game. The starting safeties and Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, they were playing in that game. And if you guys remember, before the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson had players like Malcolm Jenkins, LeGarrette Blunt, Torrey Smith... Guys who had playoff or uh, Super Bowl experience, 
speak to the team and say, this is what it means. This is why I have a ring, and this is why I want you guys to make it happen. Right now, they have so many players that can give that same speech, and most of them are on the defense. Almost 80% are on the defense. Um, I think just the entire defense as a whole can understand what it takes because although Nick Foles had a great NFC Championship game, had a great Super Bowl, the defense is what wins championships. And if they can go out and limit uh, teams to under 20 points, I think the offense can make up that ground and score 21 or more and win a game. And having guys like Fletcher Cox, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, other players on the defensive side of the ball step up and rally this team together is going to be super important because they know what it takes. I keep saying that, but it's so important to have that experience. I know Doug Peterson um, knows what it takes to win a playoff game but the players if uh, you know just in practice having Jalen Mills go up against a new wide receiver like J.J. Ortega Whiteside and say hey I'm going to be extra hard on you today because it's not going to be easy in the playoffs that's what it takes it's going to be so much harder if you had players that just didn't know what to do Uh, they're going to get blown out in the playoffs but if you have that experience it's going to work so much better and I think that's just definitely going to take them to the next level. Um, and I think the defense is just going to get better as a whole. I think Ronald Darby's on thin ice right now. If he makes a couple more mistakes, maybe he gets pulled and put a guy like Craven LeBlanc or Rasul Douglas in there, maybe Sidney Jones after his big play. And maybe the secondary can get even a little bit better. And um, I think Camus Grugier-Hill and Derek Barnett will be back, um, and they're just going to get better on the front side of the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, Matt, what you were saying, like people stepping up this is like on our defensive ends this year. Like we saw, we've seen Vinnie Curry and Josh Sweat step up this year and having guys being able to rotate in and get production is going to be huge for the Eagles front four. And also about what you said about the cornerback position and uh, Ronald Darby, we could, I would assume you'd agree too that Jalen Mills is our team's best corner. Yep. But then after that, you can argue who our second best corner is like every single one after that. I would say it's still Darby, but you could argue all what four or five other of them to what they're like, what they're best at. Like Max is really good in the slot. Max can also play safety. Rasul is good size can hit someone Craven on the Like last year we saw he's gritty. He'll, he'll do the hard work and Sydney, like, we, had, we haven't seen much of him. We've had really high expectations for him, but he hasn't lived up to them yet. But when they gave him a shot last game, probably one of his only plays out on the field, he made a huge play on third down. Absolutely huge play for the team. And even though that's like not leadership, but when guys are stepping up in the moment when they are given the chance, that is going to be huge for the team going forward. Because injuries happen every game. A guy may just like a guy's helmet may come off. He may have to come off the field. So another guy has to go in. A guy's cleat may come off. Come off. Another guy has to go in. There's so many situations in a game where another player has to go on the field. And if guys like Cindy Jones, Vinnie Curry, or uh, Josh Sweat can go out there, step on the field, and produce when they're being asked, that's going to be huge for this team going forward. Yeah, and everybody's just going to feed off of it. You saw when Cindy Jones had that pass deflect late in the game to get the Eagles off the field I mean everybody just rallied around him because they want him to succeed they want everyone to to succeed and I think when everybody steps in and makes 
plays. Vinny Curry had a phenomenal game, his best game of 2019 against the Giants. I mean, it just goes to show how everybody stepping up and contributing can prove that an entire defense can come together and win a football game. Uh, I think in the second half, the Eagles led up maybe one or two first downs to the Giants, and it was a completely different team. I credit Jim Schwartz for making the necessary adjustments, but also the players for stepping up and making it happen. Saquon was almost non-existent that game. That's super important because in years past, um, he's been making the entire Eagles defense look stupid. He just trucks over everyone, spins her out of spins out of them uh i mean he just is so hard to defend but the eagles made it happen against him and um i just think having that leadership on defense having the guys have that competitive edge because they know the person behind them might be just as good is going to be super important because you have the depth you have the skill level but can you pull it all together and i think that's definitely going to come into fruition late in the season um i think sydney jones i talked about this in my last podcast it's tough to see if he's going to step into a bigger role now just because of one play. But if he's ready, I think they have a lot more faith in him. Um, Jim Schwartz said in his press conference the other day that Jones, although he has been seeing a reduced role, his work ethic hasn't changed a bit. And that's what you want to see out of your players. You don't want them on the sideline feeling sorry for themselves that they're not playing. You want them to make sure that they're still putting in the preparation so when they're called upon they're ready to make a play and city jones did just that so if he's ready to come in if ronald darby is struggling or if someone goes down with an injury jones might be someone to call on because he's ready to prove himself after a really iffy season so far i couldn't agree more on that i still believe in sydney he still has another year on his contract so his whole entire game could like evolving over Next couple of weeks, maybe playoffs and the offseason. There's still a lot left in store for that young kid. And for uh, this team going forward, I think it's – I don't know if they should have as many corners or if they should develop few to be quote-unquote elite. They probably won't be elite, but like be elite for the Eagles. Like be like their solid go-to guy. I understand it's good to rotate a bunch of guys in, but – Having seven corners is just sometimes just a, doesn't make sense to me. But I'm gonna believe in Jim Schwartz because he has done great things for our team, and the offense has let the defense down multiple games. But that's part of football. And I know it's a long time ago, long time ago. But in the off season, everyone's saying everyone's picking Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. Eagles win the Super Bowl, even though that doesn't seem very likely right now. And we may not even make the playoffs, but I would never count them out if they make the playoffs. Because although the roster has taken some hits with injuries, it still has the same core players that this team started with at the beginning of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, although the the players that they had in the start of the season hasn't been the same, they lost a couple of key guys throughout the way, but they still have the strong core together. They still have their starting quarterback, which is the most important part. They still have a solid offensive line, which is the second most important part, and a solid defensive line, which is the third most important part, but also coaching. Coaching has the experience. Doug Peterson knows what it takes, um, which leads greatly into our last segment here. So we're nearing the end of the season. There's three more games. Nick, what do you think the final record is going to be? Playoffs or no playoffs? And where do they go from there? 
Personally, I think they will make the playoffs, but I do think the Redskins game is going to be close, but we'll get it out. We'll get the win. I think we'll beat the Cowboys, and this may shock everyone. I think it's going to come down to the very end against the Giants because I feel like the Eagles, it's something they do, is they're going to be on such a high after beating the Cowboys thinking, yes, we're going to the playoffs, but in reality, they still have to win their last game. And that's why I think it's going to be close. I feel like it could have the potential of what happened last week, going down by 14 points. But I still believe they'll come out with the win. So I believe the Philadelphia Eagles will end the season at 9-7 and and make the playoffs. I am going to go out on a limb and say they will win their first game. But I do not think they'll get past that. But even if they don't win a playoff game, it's going to be a great experience for Carson Wentz. More than we... More than we expected midway through the season that we'd get even to the playoffs after that poor stretch of games. But if we get to the playoffs and win one game, I'll call the season a success because this team learned a lot and got good experience. And everyone's going to be more, I know we say it every year, but more healthy next year. But I feel like the players are finally like taking their health first instead of rushing back from injuries they're trying to get 100 percent because the eagles aren't going to reach their full potential unless the unless their players are playing at 100 percent. yeah definitely about you saying the season being a success i think the common goal of the team changes all the way throughout the season going into the season i was saying it's super bowl or bust i think if the eagles didn't make the super bowl or win the super bowl then the season was a failure i don't care if they lost NFC Championship, made it that far. Everything below Super Bowl was a failure in my mind. But as you go throughout the season, then you're thinking, oh, is playoffs even a consideration right now? So you have to kind of change the scope a little bit. Then my next goal was, okay, the the season is a success if Carson Wentz makes the playoffs and he stays completely healthy all the way out through. I think that is so important because, like Nick said, having that experience, getting him the exposure... So the next season, he can come back that much better and know what it takes to do it. Um, I, I know that's kind of a drop-off from, oh, you have to make the Super Bowl to now, oh, just get in and give Carson Wentz the experience. But like we said, anything can happen. If they fulfill that goal, it completely changes once again. Um, my end-of-the-season prediction, I had a similar mindset as you. I think they're going to get in the division title. They're going to be the fourth seed, have that home field advantage in the first round. I say they're going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And I think the Cowboys are going to lose to the Rams this week, this weekend. And that kind of changes it up a little bit. Then the Eagles, if they beat the Cowboys, they can afford one loss because then the Eagles and Cowboys could possibly tie at eight and eight. If say they win their uh, Eagles, win their next two, then lose and the Cowboys win, lose, and then win or lose. It doesn't matter at the end because the tiebreaker would go in the Eagles favor because they're one and one against each other. And the Eagles would have the edge of uh, common opponents. So, it's definitely possible to finish 500, as absurd as it seems, because <laughs> NFC is stacked this season. Um, they can get in 8-8 eight and eight and get home field advantage. But like we said, it completely clears the slate after that. They're back to 0-0. But um, like we mentioned earlier, at the fourth seed, you're going to play Seattle, San Francisco, Minnesota, or possibly even the Rams uh, in the mm. first round if they get there. And that's all going to be in Philly no matter who it is it's always going to be in Philly that first round so 
I think that's super important to have that home field advantage. And I like the Eagles' chances against all of them. The 49ers, the one that concerns me the most because they've been hot all season. They just put up 40 points against the Saints um, in a clear offensive duel between the two teams. But like we said, the defense is the one that's going to hold down the fort. I think they'll do so, giving the offense plenty of time to come back on the field and make it happen because I have full faith in defense, forcing some uh, you know, turnovers, three and outs, whatever it may be, to limit the opposing offense to just 20 minutes on the field. And then the Eagles can try to salvage together 20 or more points with 40 minutes of time possession. I think that's definitely doable with this, this offense. They just need the time to do it and the urgency to do it. Um, I think just having that playoff experience, like I said, all the players, but Doug Peterson too, he's coming off two consecutive seasons with playoff experience and playoff victories. Um, so having that, having that coaching experience and knowing what it takes to be successful in the playoffs is super important. After that, in the divisional round, I think if Jackson, uh, it's it's a tricky situation. He's eligible to come back, but if he's not fully healthy, I don't think they're going to rush him back because we saw just like that, he got re-injured once again against the Bears. If he is back and the Eagles make it there, there's definitely a shot because no matter where you travel, if the offense is getting to Sean Jackson back, there's definitely a shot. But if he's not, that's probably the end of the season. Um, it, it's not that I don't have faith in the team. It's just like the playoff gets so, so competitive. And if you don't have a clear cut wide receiver one, the entire, the entire way through, it's just tough to win a game. Another thing I think that's going to help the Eagles in the playoffs, if they do make it is what you said about Doug Peterson. And I believe just from my personal experience from watching football coaches do coach different in the playoffs. And I can already see, or Personally, that I saw in this Giants game, Doug Peterson in that second half started coaching like it's do or die. We're basically in playoffs. Like we lose, we're going home. And like you could see that. Like I forget what dri- it was a drive we scored to tie the game. He on a fourth and one on our, like our own 32 yard line. And there was like uh, a few minutes left. Like we could have still got the ball back. He's just like, you know what? We're going for it. Like, those kind of plays, you're going to live and die by them. But Doug is already getting in that groove of just calling plays that if it happens, it happens. Like, it's do or die, and I'm going to die with my team if so be it. And that's going to be huge for Doug, for the Eagles going in when Doug Peterson is big balls Doug again, go, going going all out and saying, you know what, our team can win, but I'm going to have to put him in the position to win. Yeah, that's super important. Doug Peterson loves this team. He's going to do everything that he can to lead them to success. I understand it's 50-50. It takes a good play to make it happen, but it also takes good execution. I think there's finally that respect. They they might have not had it um, earlier in the season, but there's finally that respect both ways. Doug and Carson can respect his players and know that they're going to do everything they can to make it happen on the field. And then the players can expect uh, the same thing in return, knowing that um, they can trust Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson to put them into the best situation possible. That's definitely going to be important these next three games. And in the playoffs when the Eagles are going to make it, we're saying it right now, uh, I don't think anything's going to come into their way, whether it be 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven, Eagles are going to make it, and uh, it's definitely going to be a different situation once they get in. But that's all we have for you guys today. Nick, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me today. This is a great discussion. I appreciate you coming on. 
Thank you, Matt. Yeah, so uh, make sure you guys check out my, my previous podcast. I talked about Monday Night Football uh, that went over the Giants. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcast so you never miss another Birds banter. And go Birds! Two.